Hi, I'm Stacy. I have a new life in Christ. I'm in recovery from fear of man, people pleasing, and this week, overeating due to stress and anxiety. Hi. Okay. Divorced, single mom, unworthy, broken, unlovable. These are all words that I have used to describe myself and have believed to be true. I grew up in a home where words were used loosely and often caused pain. My parents had their hands full with my older sister, who's both physically and mentally disabled, and my younger brother, who was constantly in trouble at school. There was this unspoken pressure for me to be the perfect child. I learned very quickly that my problems didn't matter and that I needed to keep them to myself. I spent most of my childhood pretending to be okay, while internally I felt very alone. I grew up pretending, oftentimes feeling like an imposter in my own life, not knowing who I really was. On the inside, I constantly felt insecure and unloved, but looking at me, no one knew the internal pain that I was feeling. As a family, we went to church every week, but it was just something that we did as a ritual. It, wasn't ne it was never explained to me why church was important or how a relationship with God could be life-changing. Despite that, at church camp in junior high, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, but nothing changed. Life went on as normal, and I still had no real understanding of what a relationship with Jesus looked like. I went on pretending and started finding validation through my performance in academics and sports. In high school, the pressure of pretending and perfectionism made me feel more isolated and alone than ever. Because of my insecurities and no true sense of self, I turned to boys for validation. And that's where I found my identity. This led to me giving into peer pressure and I started having a physical relationship with my high school boyfriend. College was a lot of the same. I drifted through my first two years trying to look like the person who had it all together. I wanted to be her. She was great, easygoing, smart. The season of my life also brought a lot of negative self-talk. The horrible things I would think and say to myself would become a self-destructive pattern that stayed with me well into my 30s. By the time I was a junior in college, I added alcohol as another coping mechanism and another layer to pretending. All of this came to a head when I was sexually assaulted at a house party by someone I had known for eight years. It was after this experience that the Lord blessed me with some amazing and godly women. These women showed me what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. They met me with grace and kindness in a season where I was filled with so much shame, pain, and felt so tempted to isolate. And for the first time, I knew what it meant to be loved unconditionally. Fast forward seven years to March 8th, 2014, my wedding day. Though I had a growing and deepening relationship with Christ at this point, my habit of negative self-talk still had a strong hold in my thought life. I quickly slipped back into people-pleasing and my old insecurities took hold. 
The first year of my marriage seemed great. We had what I thought to be normal growing pains. About two years in, things started to change. There was a lot more fighting, name calling, and isolation. There was never any resolution after an argument. And I was constantly afraid that I would say or do the wrong thing. The manipulation, verbal and psychological abuse intensified after our first miscarriage. Something else that was my fault. Things went from fighting and arguing to me being locked out of the bedroom, being forced to sleep on the couch, objects being hidden from me, abusive phone calls throughout the day. Daily living in fear led me to try to control situations. And I began to shut down and avoid all confrontation in all areas of my life. Despite being in community, there had been a complete loss of accountability to be transparent with spending on both parts. There were lots of secret text messages and social media messages. We had a complete breakdown of communication and trust within our marriage. Many attempts of reconciliation, a failed intervention, and several attempts at counseling all ended with me feeling like the failure and being told that I'm the only one that needed fixing. By 2018, the emotional and psychological abuse had escalated to the point where I could no longer say that I felt confident about my physical safety. The Lord used my community group and my women's Bible study group to reveal to me that I was in an abusive marriage. Although God's design for marriage is to never end in divorce, these women helped me see that for my safety and the safety of my children, ending my marriage was the best thing for me and my kids. I was able to gain the courage to leave my marriage and these women accepted me right where I was and eventually walked me through divorce. They consistently, and still do, <laughs> point me to Christ and help me see that it was him that I needed, the one true savior. Shortly after my divorce, my community group encouraged me to go to regeneration. I had been around Watermark long enough to know that everyone could benefit from a ministry like Regen, but I still didn't want to do it. <laughs> I was afraid and prideful. I put off going for more than two months because I knew it would be hard work. <laughs> Eventually, I realized that if nothing changes, nothing changes. I had already taken the difficult steps of getting my boys to safety. Now I needed to take another challenging step, and this time towards healing, not just for my boys, but for me. My first night at Regen, I was nervous. I felt very awkward and out of place. I thought, I don't really need Regen. My problems aren't that bad. I later learned that this was my struggle with pride. <laughs> While in groundwork, while in groundwork, I found out that I was 19 weeks pregnant with my second child. I was so frustrated and so angry with God. Why would this happen now, of all times, in the middle of a divorce? I felt like my life was such a mess. But the Lord was so kind to me. He was so kind to remind me of his goodness 
and that I was in the best place to process what felt like chaos in my life. God was meeting me right in the middle of my mess and taught me that just because I was in a hard place, it didn't mean I was in the wrong place. God used steps one through three to show me that although I knew intellectually about God's love, I doubted that I was worthy. I was applying my performance-based validation to God's love, and Satan's grip on my life was strong. Step two, believe, was a huge one for me. The foundational verse for this step became my mantra. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This verse started to loosen the grip that Satan had on my thoughts. I was finally realizing that I was believing the lie that I was unworthy. As I moved into step four inventory, the Lord reminded me of Romans 8, 1 and 2. There, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Because of steps one through three, I had a new foundation. I had a new found. Let's try that again. Because of steps one through three, I had a newfound freedom in Christ that I had never experienced before. So, although inventory was very intimidating, I was excited to continue my freedom journey. Inventory revealed to me a sin pattern of anger. I was holding on to hurt and anger because it made me feel powerful and gave me a false sense of control. It also masked my fear, fear of who I would be if I finally let go of that last 2%. It was step five, confess, where again, God met me in the middle of my mess, reminding me that it is because of his love for me that I am alive in Christ. 1 John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The women in my community group, step group, and my mentor all met me with unconditional love, grace, and kindness. The fear and shame that had crippled me from going into region had begun to lift and I felt freedom and confession. Step eight, forgive, is where it all kind of clicked for me. After all the work from the previous steps, I finally saw the purpose in the process. God used step eight to reveal areas of unbelief and some major misconceptions I had about forgiveness and reconciliation. It was through the work in forgiveness that God started to soften my heart from all the trauma and true healing began. Post-region, I can confidently say without shame that I am broken. I am a sinner. I constantly make mistakes. But God has made me new. My identity is now in Christ and not my performance at work, friendships, men, or even through my children. 
I'm quick to confess and to seek and extend forgiveness. I'm even continuing to live out step 10, continue. (laughs) Even after commencing from Regen, (laughs) this past September, 18 months post-commencement, I had the opportunity to share my inventory and confess to my ex-husband. This is a huge testament to the mighty work that the Lord has done in my heart through the 12 steps. (laughs) So, this part got edited out. But I also lead a step group and they're right here in front of me and I love you girls so much. (laughs) If tonight is your first time at Regent, thank you so much for your bravery. The courage it takes to step through those doors is not lost on anyone in this room. I want to encourage you to lean into your fear because God will be there. He will meet you in the middle of your mess. My name is Stacy. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from fear of man and people-pleasing, and to God be all the glory.